Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Evening Journal, and I'm here tonight with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, David. How are you doing? <laughs> Wanted to have some excitement in saying your name because there, there wasn't a lot of excitement in that game. Although it wasn't a, it wasn't a horrible game, Bruce. It, it was, um, um, as they say in the game grades, it was ghosts from the past coming back to haunt the Oilers. So we, we had a whole plethora of them starting with terrible penalty killing. Um, also, we had some weak goaltending. We had uh, some, I, I thought, poor puck moving from the defense. And um, also some, like, medi- very, very mediocre work done in the face-off circle. So, you know, things that have always haunted the Oilers came back here in this game and led to, were big, in large part responsible for St. Louis's 5-2 win over the Oilers. Of course, St. Louis played a hell of a game. They just were... What a tough team they are. Continue to be a tough and defensively fundamentally sound team. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what made the Oilers look bad was St. Louis imposing their iron will on this game. <laughs> and despite the disadvantage of having to play a, a second scheduled game in 22 and a half hours, uh, they were, uh, they seem to be in control for much of the night. I think the Oilers uh, had the yeah. better of the stats, but the, a lot of that was score effects because once you get 3-1 down to St. Louis, it's, uh, you know, they did at least make it close. Yeah, they let in the all... Kind of interesting. They let in the all-important, crucial three, third, third goal. goal, which just in the NHL, the modern NHL, man, like you got to score three. That's not going to happen most games. Okay, Especially Bruce, let's if you do. need your first line to score all of the goals. Which the orders seem to. Yeah. We're going to do our two good things, two bad things, and two numbers podcast. Mm-hmm. I'm going to start out with my good things, which were McDavid and Dreisaitl. They were, they were fantastic tonight. They were going. They were flying. Making plays on Dreisaitl. I mean, he did take that, you know... Was it a bad penalty? Yes, it was a bad penalty. Were there other numerous penalties, including McDavid getting mauled down the ice at an absolutely crucial moment late in the game? That was such a mauling that that Kevin Quinn, the broadcaster, was certain it was a penalty, and it's not called. I mean, there's all that was a cheap penalty um, in the end by the standards of the shenanigans going on in this game. And anyway, but aside from that, Bruce Drysdale was fantastic. He mm-hmm. his passing. On the two goals, both of them just brilliant, brilliant yeah. cross-scene passes. What a player. What a hockey player Leon Dreisaitl is. And Connor McDavid was uh, also flying out there all night long and making great plays. So those two guys came. This loss is not on them. They were fantastic. So, except for McDavid's play on the third goal, which wasn't fantastic. It was crappy. Weak back check for McDavid and Cassian. And Benning went to the back in on the goalie when he should have been you know, Nurse was already there. So, but anyway, McDavid was bad on that goal. But other than that, he was he was pretty fantastic. What's your good thing? Well, I'm tempted to say my good thing was Elliot Friedman calling out the refs in the post game for not calling <laughs> fouls on Drysaddle and McDavid, to, as happened Monday night also. <sighs> um, but anyway, uh, I'm going to instead tip the hat to uh, a wonderful game played by Alex Petrangelo on the St. Louis blue line who bombed home a pair of power play goals, got an assist, and seemed to be got his leg in front of every pass or attempted shot going in the other end of the ice. And uh, uh, a very prominent, dominant game played by uh, by Petrangelo and one of the 
one of the primary reasons the Oilers couldn't seem to break through against those guys down low. Good for Friedman. I didn't know that he had done that, but you know, the NHL just go ahead. He said the Oilers. He said they should be addressing the NHL directly. That these are the kind of penalties that have to be called. They're star players getting mauled when they're trying to make plays with the puck. It's what the fans are paying money to see, and what we're seeing, like. I swear, Dave, in the last two games, Leon Dreisaitl has been fouled six or seven times, and the only one that involved a penalty was when he got pissed off and he, and he hammered a guy, Sammy Blay, back. And all of a sudden, that's a penalty, and everything else is nothing. Frustrating. Right? It is frustrating. Anyway. I'm, just, I'm just updating my game grades with a comment about this because, yeah, it's worth commentary. And it's been said again and again and again that unlike other leagues that actually... Mm-hmm crack down on fouling to let their star players thrive. I think mm-hmm. soccer, European football is actually pretty bad for this too, not not cracking down and letting the stars be mauled. That's the only other sport that I think. But, you know, in the NFL and the NBA, sports like that, um, they don't let this happen to their star players. They, they want to see them make spectacular plays. But the NHL is this conservative, defensive, utterly, it is utterly, utterly conservative. Utterly conservative, mm-hmm. the most conservative league maybe in the world, and they will not take steps to let their star players shine, and it's to their detriment. The NBA has taken off in popularity, and the NHL is stuck in a rut, and they should ask themselves why. So that's my comment on that. Yeah, Bruce, uh, what is your bad thing? Uh, I'm going to have to single out a guy that I rarely point a negative finger towards, and that's Ryan Nugent Hopkins. I didn't, I just didn't see anything out of the guy tonight. Like they would pass him the puck, and he would lose it. He would lose the puck battle. It's not like he stunk defensively, but he didn't create anything. And when you know, and the play wasn't flowing when they put it into his corner. It was, you know, he was just not. Hit, clicking on his passes and he wasn't uh, he wasn't winning many battles and I thought a couple of you know he got outworked on a couple of occasions and you know for a guy that's been in the league as long as he is is getting paid the big coin that he's getting paid I mean they need something out of this guy he's got one goal in 17 games and at even strength he's got next to nothing and you know he had turnovers decent line mates tonight with uh uh, Cassian and Neil for the most part I mean you know it's not like he's playing with uh, frickin' frack like he has been prone to having to do in the past um, but it just uh, wasn't working for him tonight and uh, uh, it uh, they, they need more from this player. He's in danger of being replaced in the top unit power play Bruce because he's not getting it done on that half wall like he he's n- He's not even getting a lot of great chances and great looks. And he gave away the puck twice, that final power play. And one of them ended up in the back of the net. Like, he's, he just doesn't seem to be um, firing on all cylinders, to use the cliche. But the, that is that is what I would say about Nuge right now. Bruce, I don't I don't know if I've ever given him a two in a game grade, but I gave him a two tonight. Oh, wow. So, okay. So, so we're on the same you page. You already wrote the grades and we're on the same page. I haven't had a chance to read your grades yet. But yeah. yeah. You saw the same thing I saw. Just not, not much oh. spark from a, from a pretty important player on this team. And So <sighs> my bad thing was Colby Cave and the PK. And I saw Cave, both of the goals came right through his spot. Um, he was the, for some reason, and I don't know why, he switched out at the top 
of the power play, excuse me, on the uh, first St. Louis goal. I don't know why he did. He, he There was no reason to do it. He was up there, and I think if he had stayed, that shot wouldn't have uh, gotten through like it did. It wouldn't. He would have had to alter his shot or would not have been able to get off a shot. But because there was no high man, because Cave had shifted out, we get the first power play goal. Then the second player power play goal, they come sh- you know, charging up the wing. And Patrick Russell was somewhat to blame because he didn't wasn't able to cut off. It, you know, it was it was a tough play for Russell, but the kind you need to make where you cut off the the, pa- the cross seat pass. But then Cave was way off the shoot. Like he was he wasn't anticipating the shot. He wasn't reading the play. And again, they scored on the power play twice with uh, Colby Cave right through his spot. So, ouch. That's not when you're a fringe NHL player, Bruce. Man, you gotta. He's got to be blocking the shots like the St. Louis Blues were blocking. Or, yes, he's got to come through like their role players are coming through, and this isn't happening all the time with the Oilers' role players. It's they've they've done some good work on the on the penalty kill. Cave was part of a fairly weak unit last year, and although he's good on uh, PK faceoffs, I've never really liked him that much as a PK player because. I, I see too much of this. Like Cassian was the same thing. I'm so glad Cassian isn't on the PK this year because this yeah. was really typical of his kind of play on the PK. So as long as Colby Cave's doing that, he's doing it in the AHL is my take on that, Bruce. It's not going to stay. Well, if Riley Shane is uh, coming back on um... – the weekend, like it sounds, he is. I don't think it's Gaetan Haas coming out of the lineup. I think it's Colby Cave and, and on the strength of some uh, poor penalty killing that really put the orders in a hole tonight. You could argue it cost them the game, uh, their penalty kill. They killed just one out of three. Um, but uh, um, it's going to be decision time soon on a few of these guys. And not, a, oh, not enough, ch- not enough of, yeah, Yurcho took a bad penalty and then really did not a whole lot to, to, uh, atone for his sin. And, you know, that cost the orders a goal. And so swing a gate hand house. He's my number. Okay. Uh, I've, I've never seen this before. Double bagel. Uh, last game that the orders <laughs> played, uh, when Haas was on the ice, the Arizona Coyotes had zero shots on net and the Oilers had six. Uh, at even strength. Well, tonight he played 11 minutes and 22 seconds at even strength, and the Oilers had seven shots, and St. Louis had zero again. So it's a number just because it's a curiosity. I'm not sure that how much of that has to do specifically with Gaetan Haas, but his line is completely uh, control the shot clock and smother the other team completely in the last two games. Albeit in a, probably in a scenario a lot of the time where the other team was sitting on a lead, but still, he's uh, he's starting to emerge a little bit. I, I like him, Bruce, because I think he's sound defensively, generally mm-hmm. speaking. 100%. He's a very smart defensive hockey player. He should be killing penalties, I think. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him in overtime because he can also skate and he's not going to get burnt in overtime. He's he's fast on his skates. Although I I, I was heartened to hear that uh, Joachim Nigard is coming back yeah. uh, soon because mm-hmm. they really miss that guy as well. So good for good for Haas. I, I don't think it's just fluke. You know, I'm not a you know a huge fan of on ice numbers because it can't. You don't really always know whether it's due to the player or not. But I think he is sound defensively and he does contribute in that way. My number, Bruce, is eight and eight. 
those were the number of major contributions to grade A scoring chances from both Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid. So the others had 12 grade A chances. McDavid was in on eight of them. Dreisaitl was in on eight of them. They were late, they were like the two man band tonight. Let's although Ethan Bear was a, I thought Ethan Bear actually had a hell of a game. He was making a few. There was a few mistakes, but man, that guy is such a fantastic hockey player. He is so smart. Head manning the puck. There was one time where where they got caught on a, on a on a breakaway. He was part of the uh, sequence See, of pain on that one. Uh, maybe the least responsible. But, well, he couldn't uh, you know, handle big Colton Pareko at full yeah, speed, and I'm not yeah. sure who the hell would have been able to make much of a play there. But he immediately but turned it maybe around. Maybe Nurse. Maybe Nurse has a shot against yeah. Pareko on a play like that. Now Nurse was shooting into the offensive zone there, and they were down, and they needed maybe yeah. they needed him to do that. So I don't really. That was just one of those things that happened. But Bear immediately turned that play around, flipped the puck up the ice, and the Oilers got a uh, Drysaddle got a great scoring chance out of that. It was their, you know a pretty last. good their last one. So. That was typical of Bear. It was typical of Drysaddle and McDavid. Like those three guys, this isn't on them. That they are playing great hockey. When, when the Oilers had that, those five players out there: Cassian, McDavid, Drysaddle, excuse me, Nurse and Bear. Man, that is that is Oilers hockey. The way we fans of the glory years I hate to bring that up because people are so tired of hearing that. But that's that's Oilers hockey. That is the thrilling high speed high skill hockey that that we grew used to and it is so fantastic to see spurts of it we just can't the owners just don't have the players to maintain it right now they don't have anyone else um and we won't get into the reasons why that is there's all kinds of reasons why that is but um i'll, I'll call um, me old school but i refuse to apologize for the glory years or for the fact that i was around <laughs> to observe them they were i'm the, the 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 joy of a lifetime for a hockey fan to have those glory years. And oh, wasn't it? Best. I am going to bring it up from time to time, and I don't mind if you do as well. Okay. In Thank context, you. as That's you did here. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, it it was spectacular, and and you know this is we've had we've had games which have been reminiscent of it this year, and we've had every time those five guys are out on the on the ice. That's what that's what it was like. That's how thrilling it was. So good for those five guys. And good for Zach Cassian, able to step up and play at that level of hockey. I mean, I didn't mind him on the second line either, although he was terrible on the back check on the third goal. I will say that. Um, good for Cassian for being able to step in with those guys and, you know, be Billy, be Willie Lindstrom to Glenn Anderson and Mark Messier or be uh, Mike Krushelniski to Gretzky and Curry, you know, like good for good for Cassian. Well, Bruce, I have got a hockey game myself tonight. I got to get to my team is playing and uh, I'm counted on. Uh, there's only going to be four defensemen. So I'm going to be really, really tired tonight. You've been playing so, all week, David. Yeah. Monday, I, Tuesday, Wednesday, or you got a harder schedule than the orders. Yeah. My, my wife got knocked out. She was, uh, she got, uh, went into the boards heavily last night and twisted her ankle. So she's out with a twisted ankle. So, oh, so not knocked out, knocked out, but knocked no. out of action. Knocked right. out of action and hobbling around still on it. Not, that's still not good. She had a no, walking, walking boot. We no, we got a uh, we got a. I got went and bought a cane today, so she's going to be on that for a while. She's currently recuperating, so yeah, not fun. But uh, we're having not, a blast playing hockey. Not together. on a dirty play, I hope. No, it wasn't. It was just one of those plays, one of those things that happened. Okay. Well, best wishes to her. All right, thanks, Bruce. Thanks for talking tonight. 
Yeah, better luck Friday. They got to get something out of this homestand, man. They're all one and one now through uh, through two games, and they got to they got to start getting points. Yes, indeed. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>